today we're coming from to you live um, from Podbean and also on Facebook. So if you see me with a, um, that's why you see me with the headphones in my ear because I'm speaking also through a microphone because we're doing a live podcast along with Facebook Live. So <clears throat> so if you're not able to, if you got a ride down the road in your car or whatever, listening, you can go to uh, Podbean, uh, a Hive Love Ministry, and uh, and join now our live podcast. Or you know, as always, you can join uh, on. Uh, Facebook Live, a Hive Love Ministry. So praise the Most High for you all uh, today. We're going we're gonna to deal again, as I said, with a trust doing a trust or faith doing uh, tests and trials. So we're going to start off with a word of prayer. We're going to dive right into it. So y'all, we thank you for your compassion. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for being so good to us. Thank you for keeping us. Hallelujah. For being our strength. We pray for wisdom and understanding, knowledge. Instruction, y'all. We just pray, y'all, that um, you will forgive us of our sins, of course, as we forgive those who have sinned against us. And y'all, we will pray that you would tonight, leading gathers into all truth, give us strength to endure, to overcome, uh, strength to know that you are our Savior, our salvation, and that you are the truth. So I pray, y'all, for your hesed, your loving kindness on us as we learn your Torah. You know, so we just praise you in Yeshua Hamashiach's name. Hallelujah. So we're dealing with having trials and tests during um doing faith doing trials and tests. Um so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna be dealing with in the book of Genesis um a lot. I'm sorry you all. Dealing with, we deal with the book of Genesis. We, we're going to deal today with our father, with, with the father of faith, um, as our forefather, Abraham. So let me explain to you all what faith is. For many, for many of who does not know faith or how to have faith or trust. Faith is not a mindset. It's, it's, it's not... Something that you conjure or, or come within your mind and you think that the most high is going to back up what you think or or, or you think the most he, he's going to back up what you say, what you think. That's, that's not faith. The word says that faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of Yah. So you obtain your faith from the word you hear him speak. And how you walk in action or put your faith to work, your, your faith to work is your obedience to Yah's word. Being obedient to the word of the Most High shows you have faith. So it shows that you have trust. Being disobedience, disobedient is a lack of faith. It's a lack of trust. Um, so you want to have faithful works? You obey Yah. Our example, our our example before I even go to Genesis, <clears throat> is, 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 is coming from the book of Yaakov, the book of James, uh, in the New Testament. And again, the New Testament is not the New Covenant. The New Testament is just simply the New Testament. The New Covenant 
according to the word, is Yah putting his Torah or his law on your heart. He's enabled you to have faith. He's given every man a measure of faith. He's given every man his word. And now you have the ability to walk it out by the aid of the Ruach HaKodesh or the Holy Spirit. So let me, let me give you an example. Let me give you an example of, of having faith um, with work, faith with works. Uh, and, and, the, and the example that I'm going to give you is um, is did it, where was it James 2? The example I'm going to give you is, is, is about love. James 2 says this, my brothers practice the faith of our Messiah Yeshua or our Lord Yeshua, the glorious Messiah, without showing favoritism. Suppose a man comes into your synagogue wearing gold rings and fancy clothes. Also, a poor man comes in dressed in rags. If you show more respect to the man wearing the fancy clothes and say to him, have this good seat here, while, a poor man, while to the poor man you say, stand over there or sit down and on the floor of our feet, then you are create. Then, then aren't you creating distinction among yourselves, and haven't you made yourselves into judges of evil motives? Listen, my dear brothers, hasn't Yah chosen the poor of the world to be rich in faith and to receive the kingdom which He promised to those who love Him? But you despise the poor. Aren't the, aren't the rich ones who who aren't the rich ones who Aren't the rich, excuse me, the ones who oppress you and drag you into court, aren't they the ones who insult you, insult the good name of him to whom you belong? If you truly obtain the goal of kingdom, Torah, and conformity with the passage that says, love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing well. But if you show favoritism, your actions constitute sin, since you are convinced, convicted under Torah as transgression. <clears throat> if you are showing Favoritism, your actions constitute sin. Everything done outside of faith is a sin. Done outside of trust. The command, the command is to love your neighbor as yourself. So when you show favoritism short towards someone who has money or has something in abundance, and you treat the one who doesn't have uh, money or certain things differently, then you are clearly not walking in faith. Keep on. I'm, I'm, I'm going to show you. Verse 10 says this, for a person who keeps the whole Torah, yet stumbles at one point, has to come guilty of breaking them all. For the one who said don't commit adultery also said don't murder. Now, if you don't commit adultery but do murder, you have become a transgression of Torah. Keep speaking and acting like the people who will be judged by a Torah which gives freedom. For judgment will be without mercy to a one who doesn't show mercy, but mercy wins over the judgment. Verse 14. What good is it, my brothers, if someone claims to have faith but has no actions to, to prove it? Is such faith able to save him? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes or daily food, and someone says to him, Shalom, keep warm, eat hearty, without giving him what he needs. What good does it do? Thus, faith itself unaccompanied by actions is dead. But someone will say that you have faith and I have actions. Show me this faith of yours without the actions. 
and I will show you my faith by my actions. You believe that Yah is one or a hard and good for you, but the demons believe too. The thoughts make the thoughts make them shudder in fear. But foolish fellow, do you want to be shown do you want to be shown that such faith apart from actions is barren? Wasn't Abraham Avenue declared righteous because of actions when he offered his son Yeshak on the altar? You see that his faith worked in his with his actions. By the actions the faith were made complete, and the passage of the Tanakh was fulfilled which says Abraham had faith in Yah, and it was credited to his account as righteousness. He was even called Yah's friend. You see that a person is declared righteous because of actions and not because of faith alone. Likewise, was in Rahab the prostitute also declared righteous because of actions when she welcomed the messengers and sent them out by another route. Indeed, just as the body without the spirit is dead, so too faith without actions is dead. So what 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 what's faith? The faith is obeying the, the, the word of Yah. The faith the faith the faith is you hearing the word of Yah and you walking it out as the actions. You receiving it when you hear it. You walk it out. Uh, I just gave you one example of love. The example of love. Showing showing favoritism is not walking in trust. See, we, we, we've been taught that you can name it and claim it. So you have faith if you go to the to the car lot and you want a car. So you're going to say, okay, well, I believe the most high I'm going to get this car. You lay your hands on the car. Back in the days when I was a, a babe in, in, in Hamashiach, we, 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 we would get oil and pray over the oil and go put oil, you know, put the oil on our hand, touch the car. And we believe that the most high uh, was going to give us this car. Now, let me explain something to you. I've never gotten a car that way. You don't need faith to necessarily get a car. You need good credit. And then, and nowadays, in the time we live in, you got to buy here, pay here. They don't even do credit, credit reports. You just pay a, a lump sum of money, $2,500, $2,000, and you get you a, a, a car with a high interest rate. You know, or if you got good credit, you can go to the bank and get your car at low interest rate. But see, we thought that was faith. You know, but faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of Yah. Not some man or some woman prophesying to you lies and saying that the Most High is going to bless you in the next number of days. That's not faith. Faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of Yah. And even if you have a man or a woman that's prophesying to you that Yah says something, what they what they what they're telling you needs to line up with the word. Now, how do you know that they're a prophet? What they say come to pass. But there are so many people that, that, that speak things so far-fetched that we don't we want to even never really live to see it come to pass because that's just religion. But we're dealing with faith and faith through trials and tests. So our example that I was using earlier is um is Abraham, our forefather Abraham. When he um and, and when, when you look in Genesis uh, 14, uh, Abraham goes to um, battle. He goes to fight um, for his uh, nephew or, or his nephew, Lot. Lot is kidnapped. Abraham goes and, um, and fight and um, gets him back. So we're gonna start at Genesis 14:10. Says now, now Sidon, now the Sidim Valley was full of clay pits, and when the king of Sodom or Sodom and the Moor fled, 
some fell into them. While the rest fled to hills, the victors took all the possessions of Sodom and Amorah and all their food supply. Then they left. <clears throat> but then they left. But li but living in but living in Sodom. Oh, excuse me. But as they left, they took Lot. Lot is Abram's brother. It's said to be Abram's brother, or Abram's brother's son. So they took him and his, and his, and his possessions, since he was living in Sodom. <clears throat> Someone who had escaped came and told Abraham, the Hebrew, who was living by the oaks of Mamre, the Amori, brother Eschol, and the brother of Ener, of Ener. All of them allies of Avram. When Avram heard that his nephew had been taken captive, he led out his trained men who had been born in the house, 318 of them, and went to, in pursuit as far as Dan. During the night, he and his servants divided, divided, divided his forces against them. Then they attacked, attacked and pursued them all the way to Hobah, north of Damascus or Damascus. He recovered all the goods and brought back his nephew Lot with good with his goods, together with the women and the other people. After his return from slaughtering Kadorla, Omer, and the kings with him, the king of Sodom went out to meet him in Shabbat Valley, also known as the King's Valley. And Melchizedek, king of Shalem or Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the Kohen of Elyon. So he was the priest of, of, of the Most High, uh, uh, Yah. And so he blessed him with these words. Blessed be Avram by El Elyon, maker of heaven, and, uh, of, of heaven of earth, maker of heaven of earth, and blessed be El Elyon, who handed your enemies over to you. Avram gave him a tenth of everything. The king of Sodom said to Avram, give me the people and keep the goods for yourself. But Avram answered the king of Sodom, I have raised my hand in an oath to, to Yah Ha'elion, um, maker of heaven and earth, and I will not take as so much a thread of a sandal thong or anything that is yours, so that you won't be able to say I made Avram rich. I will only take, I will take only what my troops have eaten and the share of the spoil belonging to the men who came with me. Anar, Eschol, and Mamre, let them have their share. So now here it is. We see Abraham goes to rescue his nephew, Lot. Because Lot has been kidnapped. So he comes back, meets Melchizedek. Melchizedek blesses him. The king of Sodom tries to, tries to tell him, you know, take the possessions, whatever, or whatever. Now, so now when we get to 15, Abraham is kind of... Um, Fearful. He's kind of thinking about it. Probably kind of thinking about retaliation. So he now he's going to get something that's going to help him increasing his trust. He's already he's already had a word given to him in Genesis 12, well, uh, one through three, when the Most High tells him, "Come from your father's house, go to a land that I will show you. I'll make you a father of many nations." He tells him, "I'm going to bless you, bless those who bless you." Curse those who curse you. That's what we know as the Abrahamic covenant or the promise that was given to Abraham. But now in 15, after he has rescued his load, he's having some kind of fear or retaliation from those kings 
that he just went and fought against. So y'all, y'all speaks to him. Genesis 15 says, sometime later, the word of Yah came to Avram in a vision. Don't be afraid, Avram. I am your protection. Your, your, I am your protector. Your reward will be very great. And Avram replied, Yah Elohim, what good will your gifts be to me if I continue childish? And Eleazar from Damascus or Damascus inherits my possessions. You haven't given me a child. Avram continued, so someone born in my house will be my heir. This Avram, after the Most High tells him, don't be afraid. He responds to the Most High about having an heir. Now the Most High responds back, and verse 4 says, but the word of Yah came to him. This man will not be your heir, no, your heir will be a child from your own body. Then he brought him outside and said, look up at the sky and count the stars. If you can count them, your descendants will be, will be that many. He believed in Yah, and he credited to him as righteousness. We're going to start right there. The, 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 the Most High promised to bless Abraham. Now, we see through the course of time, Abraham was 85 years old when the Most High had given him that promise about having his uh, heir from his own body. Shalom, Isaiah. We, we see that um, he made a promise. Now, through that time, he sits with Hagar. He has a son named Ishmael. All kind of things transpire. All kind of trials and tests occur. Then we get to Genesis 17. The Most High comes back. And the, 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 the title today is having, having trust or faith during trials and tests. Many of us have gotten the word from the Most High, whether it's through his Torah, us reading it ourselves, or him speaking to our spirits or whatever. We are still to have trust in spite of what we go through. Now let me say this, because religion has the mindset of people. People, people think this, that when they start going through trials, even because of their own decision-making, that, that they're wrong. That's not, no. Or when they start going through trials, something has, something has, is not right. But the word, the word of the Most High don't even say that. Religion tells us that. So we start going through trials, we start getting attitudes, we walk away, we start saying, I'm confused, I don't hear y'all, I don't think I'm growing. We have all these things that come in our mind when we start going through trials in life after we've gotten away from y'all. But we got to remember that regardless of what we go through, whether if we've done something ourselves or whether we're suffering because of righteousness sake, we still have to hang on to the word that the Most High has given us. And my reason that I want to start today with Genesis 15 is this. The Most High had promised Avram that he was going to give him a son from his own body. He didn't tell him to go and sleep with Hagar. Sarah said that. The Most High's words to Avram was, this man will not be your heir. But I'm going to give you an heir from your own body. Abraham and Sarah was thinking in their own mind. You know, we see in Genesis 11 that she was barren. We, we take note, note of that before the Most High ever calls Abraham. Let me show you. Genesis, Genesis, Genesis 
chapter 11, beginning at, um, beginning at um, verse 29, says this, Then Avram and Nehor took wives for themselves. The name of Avram's wife was Sarai, and the name of Nehor's wife was Milcah, the daughter of Aram. He was the father of Milcah and of Yishah. And verse 30 says this, Sarai was barren. She had no child. Now listen, it's understanding that she was barren, but the most high understood her position, her condition, before he ever called Abraham. Jeremiah is not the only person that the most high knew while he was in the womb of his mama. The Most High knows every individual ever born, ever will be born. He knows the, look, look at my hair. I got hair like lamb's wool on top of my head. I can look at my head, I just see hair. But the Most High is so amazing that he knows every number of hair on your head. He knows the ones that just fell out my head. He knows the count now. That's how awesome he is. So he knows all about us. He knows every condition. He knows our mindset. He knows how we're going to think. He knows us so good and so perfect. He knows our next mood. He's all knowing. He's all powerful. He is everywhere at the same time. So don't get beside yourself. So the Most High knows all about us. So we still have a responsibility to obey him in spite of what comes our way. We got to have this trust through trials, through tests, because if we don't have that trust, if we step outside and try to do things our own way, then we'll have an Ishmael. What do I mean? I'm not calling Ishmael a bad person. The word of Yah does not call him a bad person. But let me try to speak from a human, a human perspective, a, a human logical viewpoint. As a son, my father and my mother was never married, even though I'm my father's son. My father had me, you know, I'm from his body. But my father was not in my life like I needed him to be or like I wanted him to be. So I'm thinking that and my, and my father and my, I, I am a product of sin. I, I am a product of fornication. My mom and my dad, when they weren't married, they had me outside of a covenant. And because of that, I don't get the benefits or I didn't get the benefits that a child had that was born within the covenant union of a husband and a wife. So I don't have the benefit of being raised in my father's house every night, being taught certain things and, learn, and learning certain lessons because of the result of their actions, of them stepping outside and doing something from another perspective that was not yours. So my point is with Ishmael, what, 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 what was a decision of Abraham and Sarah, not a decision of Abraham and Yah. And because of that, some things happened. He had to go. 
Sarah didn't agree with Hagar. She treated her harsh. She, she runs. She leaves or whatever. You know, Yah sends her back till she's pregnant. As Ishmael grows a little older, he's picking on Isaac. He about 13 years old. He he he, he picking on Isaac. Sarah don't like it because that's her baby. Even though Abraham, her husband, he got a baby by he, Hagar is also in 2020 terms his baby mama. So Sarah don't like that. He got to go. So now you're dealing with a son, even though y'all say, well, I'm going to bless him. He's going to have 12 princes. You're dealing with somebody who can't get the fullness of what belongs to them because of your own decision making. So when we step outside of Yah's purpose and do things on our own after we've been given the word from him, that messes us up. So doing trials, doing tests, we still have to maintain the word that was given to us, in spite of how it feels, in spite of how difficult it is. We got, we got to have trust doing tests and trials. Whenever the Most High gives you a word, you're going to always be tested by the adversary. You're going to always be tested by life. There is nothing in the word of Yah that is small at all. We just read James 2, and in James 2, it talks about love. And it tells us, don't show favoritism between a rich man and a poor man. And showing favoritism between a rich man and a poor man by bringing a rich man up front and telling a poor man to sit at your feet is walking outside of faith because you're not showing love. The command is to love your neighbor. And when you show favoritism, you're not loving your neighbor, so you're walking outside of faith. Now, now, that may seem small in the mind of a man, but in Yah's eyes, that's big because the greatest command is to do what? To love. Love Yah with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. We got to remember to be obedient and walk in faith in every area of our life. Now, of course, yeah, at times, we will drop the ball. But now, because the ball is dropped, don't mean you got to stay down. Because the ball is dropped don't mean that it has to stay there. You can pick the ball back up and you can begin to walk. But you got to be able to have your trust through trials and through tests. You can't give up. You can't get weary. You can't walk away. You can't just want to throw in the towel because things are not going your way. You got to be able to maintain yourself regardless of what has happened in your life. It don't matter if you did it. It doesn't matter if if, if you're a civil for righteousness sake. You still stand strong. Let's go to First Peter uh, two. We're going to go to First Peter, or we're going to go to verse um, number two. We're going to start. I mean, chapter number two, First Peter, chapter number two, and we're going to go to verse nineteen. It says this: for it is by for it for it is a grace. When someone, because he is mindful of Yah, bears bears up under the pain of undeserved punishment. For what credit is it when in bearing up under a beating you deserve for, for doing, excuse me, for what credit is it is there in bearing up under a beating you deserve for doing something wrong? But if you bear but if you bear up under punishment, even though you have done what is right, Yah looks on it with favor. Indeed, 
This is what you were called to do because the Messiah too suffered on your behalf, leaving an example so that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin, nor was any deceit found on his lips. When he was insulted, he didn't retaliate with insults. When he suffered, he didn't threaten, but, but, but handed them over to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins and his body on the stake so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you were healed for you used to be, you used to be like sheep going astray, but now you have turned to the shepherd who watches over you. So if you're going through trials, it's all right. Listen, you got to understand another thing also that, that you are not the only one going through. There's other folks who are going through also. There's other folks who, 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 who is going through, not just you by yourself. But we have a responsibility to hang on to the very word that the Most High had given us. I, 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 I remember when I was uh, younger and going back to my childhood when I was younger, and believe me, 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 I don't have a, a problem with my father. I mean, my father talk almost every day. We got a, a good relationship. Uh, but, I, but I remember as a kid, my father would tell me or would say, you know, that he's coming to, coming to get me. And uh, at times didn't show up. So that bothered me. So I made a, a promise in my life that when I got older, when I tell my kids I was going to do something, I did the best to try to do what I said I was going to do. And if I couldn't do it, I didn't leave them hanging. I went and told them that I couldn't do it and we'd do it another time. But I did my best to try to do what I said that I was going to do. Now, the most high is going to do what he says he's going to do in spite of what we go through, in spite of the trials. And we, and we can bank on that. He keeps his word. So when you see things happening in your life, you don't throw in a towel. I remember as a... As a um, a newly um, born again person. I don't want to necessarily say uh, newly convert or, or necessarily a babe, but I, I was young. I was young in Mashiach, and I was inexperienced. You know, not really necessarily not necessarily really studying my word like I was supposed to be supposed to be studying, and really didn't have a teacher, a good teacher like I was supposed to have. So the moment I started going through, it caused me the result to go into, into sin. And living, living, and listen, living outside of your faith will cause you to go into sin. It causes it cause you to commit adultery, adultery, idolatry. It cause you to sin. It cause you to go uh, go out and do the very same, the very thing that the Most High told you don't do. Because living outside of your faith is disobedience. And I used to say, man, well, maybe y'all don't hear me. Because I'm going through something, he don't hear me? He's going to punish me? That's religion. The Most High does not change his mind about you because you go through, or even if you mess up. That, that, that's, that's foolish talk. He had a lot of compassion for years on Israel, thousands of years, hundreds of years to Israel before he ever sent him to exile. He didn't just throw them away. 
I've been born again 22 years. I've messed up throughout my walk. The most high understood at times when I was ignorant and didn't know better. And then he understood at times also when I did what I did on purpose. But he has her said, loving kindness, grace, and Hamashiach's death is not in vain. He don't just throw you away because you mess up. He ain't going to cast you out. He is not like an abusive father or mother who will cuss their child out when they do wrong or slap them upside the head or just down or, or cast them out. That's not the, the, the most high that we serve. We serve a compassionate father who gives us the opportunity to repent, to turn from that sin back to him. And, and, and guess what? Because he knows the steps you take. He does. So we got to bear up. We got to learn how to begin to mature and begin to walk in obedience in spite of what we're going through. And, 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 and don't run it. Don't don't run away. Don't throw in a towel. Don't quit. But persevere. Because after all, we glory in tribulations. And the trial of our trust, the trial of our faith, it works patience. So we got to let patience have its perfect work on the inside of us so that we may be whole and entire and want for nothing. So we got to trust the Father. We got to trust him in every circumstance, in every situation, we have to trust him. They had a song years ago. Uh, I, I used to love to hear this song when the Reverend C.L. Franklin was singing. I will trust that has to be more than a song, just like singing the Shema has to be more than a song. It's got to be something, something that you put on your spirit, on the inside of you, that I'm trusting you in spite of it. If you Sometimes, you know, we get blows dealt to us. It's just like being hit in the stomach. You know, somebody ever fell and, 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 and get the breath knocked out of them. If you ever fail, if, if you are listening to me right now, if you've been punched in the stomach, fell and, hit, and got hit in the stomach, if you are hearing me right now, that means you did not die. So if you ever got the breath knocked out of you, you've survived it. You have lived it. So sometimes life can hit you just that hard. That, oh, man, I feel like I can't breathe. I feel like I'm not going to make it. I feel like I can't carry on. Listen, you can carry on. You don't get weary. We have the Torah that gives us the example that when Abraham went to go to go rescue his nephew Lot, he comes back. He in his mind, he is thinking about retaliation. The Most High comes and assures him, "Fear not, I'm with you." And listen, when you go when, when, when you go back to um to Genesis 15, the Most High says this: "Don't don't be afraid, Avram. I am your protector. Your reward will be very great." He is just simply reiterating what he had already told Abraham in Genesis 12. Listen. Excuse me. one says, Now y'all said to Avram, get yourself out of, out of your country, away from your kinsmen, and away from your father's house, and go to the land that I will show you. 
I will make you a great nation. I will bless you, and I will make your name great. You are to be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, but I will curse anyone who curses you, and by you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. So the Most High could not let those kings come and kill Avram. He could not let them come and take Avram's life or take him away from where he is. Why? Because his word is on the line. And you have to understand that the Most High, when he speaks over your life, especially when you come into the covenant with him, his word is at play. And in spite of what you're going through, his word has to last. Let's go to Luke 16, 17. Hallelujah. Yah's word is at play. And we got to know this. Man, he, he is not a man that he should lie. That's, he ain't no liar. It don't, listen, I don't care what Israel had done. It don't matter if, 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 if Balak wanted to get Balaam to come and curse Israel because Israel's disobedience because, because, of, because of what they was going through. Listen, it don't matter how much your enemy hates you, Yah's word is still Yah's word. And Israel, at the point when Balaam was supposed to come and curse them, they was already in Rome, what they had done and some things. They had committed idolatry with the calf, all kind of things. They, 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 they was growing and complaining at times. All kind of things were transpiring. But still, Balaam could not curse Israel. And when he gets to him, and when Balak wants to pay him, the first thing Balaam tells him is this, the most high, Yah is not a man that he should lie. Nor is he, is he a human being that he should change his mind. In spite of Israel, the most high's word was still over their life. And you got to understand that. That in spite of you, in spite of what you've done, in spite of how you carry yourself, in spite of how you act, if you belong to the Most High, you belong to the Most High, you still have the responsibility to obey His Word. And I ain't just talking about no blessings as far as getting you a house or getting you a car. We're, 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 we're so far removed from that. But I'm all, you can still become obedient under the Sabbath, eat clean, do what His Word says in spite of how messed up that you have or that you are, or in spite of how you've been attacked, you still can be obedient and walk in trust in his word. Still persevere. He understands what you're going through. Yeshua says in, in, in Matthew 6, your heavenly father knows that you have need of things, but you rather seek you first the kingdom of Yah and all of his righteousness and the things you need shall be added. So Luke 16, 17 says this. Says, but but it is easier for heaven and earth to pass away than for one stroke of a letter in a Torah to become void. I've been here 45 years. Sun still come out. Daytime still hit. Nighttime still comes around. Even right now, we're in the wintertime, we still grow in brown grass. Life is still coming through plants. Babies are still being born, whether human babies or animal babies, they still are coming onto this planet. So we see that the heaven and earth has not passed away. It is easier 
for the heaven and earth to pass away. Come on now. And some of y'all in y'all's mind can't even fathom the heaven and earth passing away. That's not likely in your mind if you think that. How? Think about that now. That's real. So we walk in obedience. We keep our trust during these trials, during these tests. We don't get weary in doing well. But we'll, we'll, we'll reap in due season if we don't give up, if we don't give in. We hang in there. We continue to trust Yah's word. Hallelujah. We don't stop. We don't quit. We don't, we don't give up. We hang in there. Let's go to Galatians 6. Hallelujah. Galatians 6. We're going, we're going to begin <clears throat> at verse 9. So let us not grow weary of doing what is good. For if we don't give up, we will in due time reap the harvest. Therefore, as the opportunity arises, let us do what is good to everyone and especially to the family of those who are trustingly faithful. We don't get weary in doing well. We don't fall astray. We hang in there. We keep, we, 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 uh, uh, Keep our hope in the Most High. Let's go to Proverbs 13. You know, uh, 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 Shimon Kepha, Simon Peter, just said that by his stripes we were healed. We was once like sheep that had, that had gone astray, but we're no longer like that. We have not a good shepherd. Man, this word needs to be life to you. Everybody go through. But we don't quit. Proverbs um, 13, 12 says this. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But the desire fulfilled is a tree of life. And listen. Y'all don't want you sick. I just said, he said, we were, we, we, <clears throat> by his wound, by his stripes, we were healed. The Most High does not want us sick. We can trust in him. We can take him at his word. We can keep trusting through trials. Through tests. Listen, you ain't the only one going through nothing. And somebody's always going through worse than you. I remember when I had knee surgery years ago. And when I, I came out of a knee surgery, I was paralyzed on the right side of my body for four months. Imagine going in for a knee surgery that takes there's an hour and a half for each part of my surgery. It takes four hours 
come out of the knee surgery, the next day go home from the hospital, get up at one in the morning to go to the restroom and fall down because now you, your arm and all that stuff, you can't move it anymore. That was so discouraging. And I caught myself trying to be depressed, trying to, you know, oh, woe is me. And I'm bitter. Then the most high taught me how to listen to that. Because I learned how to forgive, learn how to love, learn how, how to trust. And when I started forgiving and having trust, then I started being healed. But as long as I was depressed down and out, was nothing working. And one day I was at a physical therapy, and there was a lady in there. You know, and I'm 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 so called worried about my condition, worried about my situation, what I'm going through. And this lady had both her legs broken. When I asked her what happened, she tells me that um her gas pedal got stuck on her car. She run through somebody's house, crushed in the car, crushed her leg. I'm thinking, it ain't so bad after all, what I'm going through. I can move my hands now. I can stretch my arm out. I can feel my face. I can move my legs. It wasn't permanent. I'm healed. And the majority of the stuff that we deal with, that we so-called have not ourselves worrying about, a lot of stuff don't even come to pass. It don't even happen like we think it's going to happen. And if we're going through, we've come out. It, it, it's not that you're going to, not, not going to go through. It's how you go through. Of course, things happen that sometimes can knock the breath out of us, like I said. But we still have to muster up enough strength to trust in Yah. Let me, let me give you my last um, scripture, and we're going to in for the night and start with um, part two this Shabbat. So we're going to go <clears throat> um, Matthew chapter number 17. May the thigh you. Chapter number 17, and we're going to start at verse 20. He said to them, because you have such, because you have such little trust. Well, let me, let me, um, read, go up so you can understand what's going on. 17, 14 says, as they came up, as they came up to the crowd, a man approached Yeshua, kneeled down in front of him, and said, "Sir, have mercy on my son, because he's an epileptic, and has and has such terrible fits at the demon that he often falls into the fire or into the water." I brought him to your Talmudim, your disciples, but they couldn't heal him. Yeshua answered, "Perverted people, without any trust." Without any trust, how long would I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring him here to me. Yeshua rebuked the demon, and it came out of the boy. 
so that from that moment he was healed. Then the Tamadine went to him privately and said, why could we drive it out? He said to them, because you have such little trust. Yes, I tell you, he said little trust. He was meaning they had no trust. Because, yes, I tell you that if you have trust as tiny as a mustard seed, that's small. Because he was telling they had none. If you have trust as tiny as a mustard seed, you will be able to say to this mountain, move from here to there, and you will move it. Indeed, nothing will be impossible for you. Now, what's he talking about? He's talking about perseverance. Hebrew thought is this, that if a mountain is in front of you and you can speak to that mountain to be moved from here to there, he's not saying the mountain is going to literally get up. It's just like having a fork or, 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 or a spoon or a small shovel and you're picking and you, and you persevere. And before you know it, the mountain that you was throwing over your shoulder as you was pushing is behind you. And you are in front of the obstacle that was in your way. It's perseverance. It's being obedient. It's doing what Yah says and not backing off what Yah says regardless to the obstacle that's in your way. So if the time of Dean, because trust without works is dead, so what were they not doing? If they couldn't care, why, why can we do it? Were they not speaking the word of Yah? Were they not being obedient as to how he was saying to do it? What was the obstacle that was in their way? The reason why they could not get the demon out of the young man. And we got to ask ourselves that same question. What's the obstacle in our way? What's the obstacle that comes in our way that makes us not be able to cast out devils? Makes us not be able to get rid of things that's hindering us? Makes us not be able to see the results of Yah? Yeshua says they had little faith or Basically, he said they had no faith because the mustard seed is small. And listen, mustard seed, when it grows into a, a mustard tree, it can move foundations. It can move things off a foundation. That's how strong and powerful the tree becomes. So your faith, the small can grow into a strong thing that can remove things out of your way. I, I, from your view, the, the things that have set up certain foundations in your life, you have the ability to move them with your trust in Yah. Because guess who was doing the work through your actions? The Most High. See, one thing about the Most High is this. He's obligated to keep his word, to do what he says, as long as we're obedient. And we got to know that. We can't get weary in doing well. We can't stop. We can't run away. We can't quit. We got to trust. We got to hold out. Hallelujah. So this is, this is it for tonight. A trust or faith during trials and tests. Hanging in there. You just, if, if, you, if you're in a battle and just got out of a battle, hang in there. Don't stop. Don't get weary in doing well. You keep your trust. If you're going through something, even if you did it yourself, 
you hanging there and don't kill yourself, condemn yourself, or walk away. You trust in y'all. Don't have a religious mindset like most religious folks have when they start going through something. Whether they did it or whether it's on them because of righteousness sake. You trust in the Most High. You believe in him. You take him at his word. You you continue to experience his hasid, his grace, his loving kindness. You continue to experience that. You continue to trust in that. You continue to persevere. You continue to seek his kingdom. If you've done wrong, then Teshuvah, turn from it. Turn back to him. Listen, Yeshua has come to redeem us from the curse of the law. What's the curse of the law? Death. So now because of him, we have life and we don't have to stand under the penalty of death, the judgment. If we Teshuvah. You trust in his word. Don't take my word for it. My word means nothing. You take Yah's word for it. You get in the scriptures. You study it for yourself. You learn how to develop a relationship with him. You study his word. You follow his word. The new covenant, Israel, is for you and your children. It's a promise that was given to you. From the Most High. So you can put his Ruach HaKodesh, his Torah on your inward part. Hallelujah. Yahweh, thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your loving kindness. Thank you for being our strength, for being our salvation, for keeping us, helping us to walk in righteousness. Yah, I ask you to help us to continue to hold on to our trust, not get weary in doing well. Not walk away, not go astray, but to trust in you, believe in you, keep you at the forefront. Yeah, and not and not give in the towel, get depressed, or give up. But help us to stand firm. I pray also tonight, a special prayer, yeah, for those who are bound by drug addiction, that you begin to bring deliverance off of dr the drug addiction that's holding them down, is causing them to OD. That's causing them to not be set free to make bad decisions. I pray that you lose that young man, lose that young woman from the drug addiction. I pray that you begin to heal them, heal their mind, help them to make better decisions. I pray, y'all, for those who are bound by alcoholism. I pray for those who are bound by pornography, child pornography, uh, uh, adult pornography, animal pornography. I pray that you begin to set them free. Help them to walk from that. I pray to those who are dealing with same-sex attraction. You set them free from those sins, y'all, that's taking them outside of your purpose. I pray for deliverance. I pray for breakthrough. I pray for those who are bound by abuse, whether it's physical abuse, whether it's mental abuse, whether it's verbal abuse. I pray for those who are captive. Yeshua, you said that you have come to set the captive free. I pray for Israel's deliverance. I pray for, the, for you to make them free, bring them out of sin, help them to turn toward you and to begin to look at you. Pray for all of us, y'all, to live holy and righteous. We all have problems. We all do things. We all sin on purpose and we all make mistakes. But I pray, y'all, that you help us to be made free by the aid of the rule of Dish. So I thank you and I glorify you and I praise you for it. In Yeshua HaMashiach's name. Hallelujah. Shalom.